You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on the Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I'm the owner of Free Method Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice empowering women to break up with diet culture by teaching them how to trust, respect, and feel safe in their bodies. We welcome all foods over here from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. This episode of Food Freedom Podcast is sponsored by our Free Method Recipe Book. It's time that you have a way to create flavor-packed meals that you enjoy that also align with your goal of food freedom. This recipe book is designed to support your intuitive eating journey so you can gain confidence in the kitchen. Complete with recipes that emphasize gentle nutrition, you'll find delicious and simple recipes that allow you to win back your time. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash recipe book to get yours today. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kayla Jessup, who is a registered dietitian and is here today to talk to us all about DBT and specifically RO DBT. So Kayla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, you're welcome. I'm so excited. Like I told you before we hit record, I'm excited to learn more about this topic myself. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Yeah, most most therapists don't even know what radically yeah. open DBT is. So mm. I think that this will probably be a new conversation for most people listening. Yeah. Yeah. How did you I guess for maybe there's two questions in this. Like first I would love to hear how you even got into just like the eating disorder dietitian space and then kind of from there how you got into really using radically open DBT? Yeah, great question. So I started in the outpatient level with working, just talking to clients more so about weight loss, which I'm really Mm -hmm. sad about, you know? Yeah. And and that's actually where I started to realize like, this isn't helping. This is actually Mm -hmm. harming people. And I did that for about nine months. And then I saw that there was Balance Eating Disorder Treatment Center in Manhattan had just posted Mm -hmm. for a job opportunity. I was like, okay, I think this is way more in line with what I want to do, especially given what I'm currently doing. So I made the jump and I started working for balance. And I realized like, you know, I learned a lot about health at every size, which I'm a firm believer in. And I already knew a lot about intuitive eating. I moved to New York city after I graduated college and at Utah state where I graduated, we did like all almost a whole course on intuitive eating. And I didn't realize that's cool. Yeah. I was chatting with dietitians in New York and I'm like, yeah, intuitive eating. They're like, what's that? I'm like, wait, you, you, you guys didn't get an entire course on intuitive eating. What? I already was familiar with intuitive eating, but when I got into the eating disorder world, I'm like, this is what I want to do with my life. So I, I became the lead dietitian at balance and 
that's where I was introduced to radically open DBT. So Maggie Rittenauer, amazing therapist. I actually still work with her today. She did the intensive training in RODBT and wanted me to co-facilitate one of New York City's first skills classes with her. And I was like, great, let's do it. I sat down with her like in the yoga studio at Balance to kind of like learn a little bit about what we're going to be teaching in the next Mm -hmm. month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Maggie. I'm over controlled. <laughs> like, yes, yes, Kayla, you are. And it's funny because actually most clinicians, therapists, and dietitians do lean over controlled, except for Ma- Maggie, who is the one who introduced me to RO. She's actually an under controlled yeah. therapist. You can't find them out there very often. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of how I got into RODBT. That's awesome. So then tell me when you talk about like over controlled versus under controlled. Tell me a little more about that, what that means. So I think, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, somewhat about DBT. And I think a lot of folks in the eating disorder world have some level of knowledge about DBT skills. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of therapists are intensely trained in DBT. And that treats specifically under controlled temperaments. Um, mm-hmm. Classic example is borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. They're more erratic, impulsive, chaotic. They need help with regulating their emotions. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum is over-controlled individuals, which it kind of makes sense that nobody's really heard about RODBT because I don't know about you, but they're like me. They're more organized, planful. I mean, it makes Mm. sense that most therapists and dietitians are over-controlled because it takes a lot of work to get through school and to like have the motivation, but also like delaying Mm. gratification and all of these pretty, like, I think they're great attributes to have and taken to a certain level, it becomes incredibly rigid, perfectionistic, unable Mm. to be silly, unable to be spontaneous. And that's where we see a lot of our folks who we treat as clients, right? Yeah. And because to me, that sounds a lot like the like perfectionistic type too, like very like, this is how everything needs to be very rigid, which yeah, is a lot of the clients that we see with eating disorders for sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, ever Mm -hmm. since I learned about RODBT for my own individual practice, I've been screening Mm -hmm. for my clients who are coming in, whether they're OC over control or UC Mm -hmm. under control, because I obviously don't want to apply RODBT to my clients who are under controlled. Yeah. Uh, But when I do that, literally over 90% of my clients Mm. have an over-controlled temperament, whether they have anorexia, OSFED, binge eating disorder, bulimia, like a huge Mm. number of our folks are over-controlled. Yeah. Which, like you said, makes total sense. So kind of going back to just RODBT, I would love to even just dive into, and I'm sure this is a question you could, I know you have a whole program you've developed on this. Like this question could, we could do 10 podcast episodes, I'm sure. (laughs) But, but just describing kind of an overview of like what RODBT is. And if you think it helps to even describe like how RODBT is different from DBT. Ooh, nice. I, uh, maybe I'll start there with like how 
different because I think RODBT is different from all types of treatment modalities, including standard DBT, because it doesn't mm-hmm. see anorexia nervosa, for example, mm-hmm. as, as the primary problem. Mm-hmm. And that's because over-controlled, maladaptive, over-controlled coping starts at the age of four and five years old, where things mm-hmm. start to become ex- like incredibly rigid. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, I guess a way to think about this is that RO conceptualizes restrictive eating as a form of excessive self-control. So mm-hmm. instead of the dietitian like constantly talking about the restrictive eating, the restrictive eating, here's the meal plan, da, 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 RO is going to be asking like, how can we kind of loosen the grips of this over-controlled excessive rigidity to help loosen the eating disorder a little bit. Yes, that makes so much sense. And so I realized we should have even talked about this at the very beginning. For people listening, they may be like, what does DBT even mean? (laughs) Yeah, so what do they... Not initials. What's the word for that? Yeah. What's the acronym? Like acronym. I <laughs> yeah. It's like it's not initials. Yeah. What is the acronym DBT mean for people listening who are like, what is this thing they keep saying? <laughs> True. Radically open dialectical behavior therapy is the full mm-hmm. name. So a lot of times I just call it RO or RO. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lots of letters. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes so much sense. Like it's, and I feel like it's di- like, as you're saying some of this, I'm like a lot of this, not that I'm sure I do all these like RO things without knowing it, but I'm like, this sounds like a lot of the work that I would do with my clients anyway, of like, how do we loosen the grip on food? How do we like bring less rigidity? How do we bring more like spontaneity to food? And nice. so a lot of that sounds like the work you do with RO. Yes. And if you are an over-controlled clinician, Mm -hmm. I think it's good to be aware of that because how we present ourselves in the room with the client, Mm -hmm. I think is really important because if Mm -hmm. we're constantly striving, not taking breaks, being Mm -hmm. rigid, being focused on solutions, focused on fixing, not be very helpful (laughs) for the Mm -hmm. over-controlled client in the room because maybe they need to learn how to chill out. Maybe they need Mm. to learn how to take breaks. They need to learn how to be spontaneous. So they're looking to you as the dietitian or as the therapist, if we're teaching them how to do these things, but we're not kind of showing them through Mm. maybe being a little silly in your session, maybe being more friendly, like having more of a relationship with your clients that we call it like we are the tribal ambassadors to help Mm -hmm. those clients form friendships because as dietitians, we know most of the time if somebody has an eating disorder, the eating disorder often is their best friend and they tend to be very lonely. And Mm. so RODBT specifically treats emotional loneliness. It Mm. doesn't treat dysregulation, which is what you would treat in a DBT way. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, because like you even said, with dietitians and therapists, I feel like a lot of the same, like (laughs) we do fit into more of that, like over-controlled, black and white, perfectionistic, like all of those tendencies. And I see that oftentimes coming into how I show up in sessions of like, okay, wait, am I trying to like be too, like have all the answers and all the solutions? And so even what I'm hearing is like, you know, creating space and sessions for conversation that maybe could easily feel like, okay, is this productive? Like we're talking about like what we did this weekend, or we're talking about like the friends that they've made at college this year. 
But what I'm hearing is like those conversations can be so life-giving for these over-controlled, rigid personalities. Nice. Yes. Because they, we want to help teach them as well as the therapist. So like how Mm -hmm. to create long lasting social bonds. Yeah. And I think as a dietitian, that's been one of the shifts that I've found really helpful in my practice Mm -hmm. is the client might come in and have some valued goals in their life Mm -hmm. to maybe be more socially connected with other people, but also have a healthier relationship to food and their body. Mm -hmm. And we can in session really help guide them through their own valued goals of like, does your actions this week or in that moment, does that relate to what you want in the long run? And a lot of times Mm -hmm. they're like, ah, shit, it doesn't. (laughs) And then then they want to change because they they've set those valued goals for themselves that they want to be connected with other people. And the restriction or the binging and purging is really isolating them. Yes. So for people listening who, because I know, you know, something like RODBT is obviously not something that someone like you give them three tips and they do it at home on their own without, you know, a dietitian or a therapist to like help them through. But I'm thinking about people listening who are like, okay, I resonate with like everything she's saying as far as like over-controlled, perfectionistic, like all of those things that you mentioned, what would be, and maybe even just when you start working with a client, like some of those like initial like tools, tips you may provide them. And I know that's also a question that can be so long-winded and I know depends on like each person, but what would be some like tangible kind of tools or next steps you would give a client? Nice, I love that. So from an RO perspective, an over-controlled brain Mm -hmm. is not able to really think their way out of the rigidity with the food or the Mm -hmm. exercise or the body image, for example. So like Mm -hmm. posting a little Mm -hmm. note on the mirror that says, you look great, probably isn't going to be very helpful for these people because Mm -hmm. of a lot of reasons why I'm not going to get into right now. So (laughs) (laughs) if this is resonating from an RO perspective, we focus on changing physiology in order Mm -hmm. to help you activate your social safety system. So Mm -hmm. your social safety system is a place where you feel calm and relaxed. And a lot of folks with OC temperaments are usually in a place of anxiety, threat, fear. So I, one of the biggest tools I would say I give to my clients is to help them change their physiology or their social signaling. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we call it to activate their social safety system, which is if you want to geek out, it's the parasympathetic nervous system, ventral vagal complex. So it's coming from the polyvagal theory is what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about right now. So to change your physiology, big three plus one is a great skill for the Uh clinician and the client to practice. Yeah. In session, to practice outside of session, to practice before meal support or a difficult meal. And what it is, the big three is to do a closed mouth cooperative smile. So Mm -hmm. some people might be familiar with the half smile. This is a little bit bigger than the half smile. There's not Uh teeth going. So that's one. The second is taking a nice deep breath. And the Mm -hmm. third is what's called an eyebrow wag. So lifting the Mm -hmm. eyebrows up. While you're taking that breath and you're smiling, Uh the big three is separate because you can only do it if you're seated. So it's leaning back is the plus one. So we want to help our clients 
kind of uh-huh. adult, like a relaxed posture. Yeah. Back, smiling, deep breath, eyebrows up. And I actually practice this with my clients in session and mm-hmm. I have them do it with me a few times. Mm-hmm. And then we chat about how it felt. Yeah. And then they get home and they practice it over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. And I could see that feeling uncomfortable for people with that over-controlled personality. Whether it's the smile that's really uncomfortable because they're used to kind of being deadpan or the Mm -hmm. eyebrows lifting can be super uncomfortable for people. The chilling out vibe of like relaxing back can be super uncomfortable. And that's, and it's all a part of like changing their social signaling. Because what's really Mm. awesome about the big three plus one is that when I do it in session without telling my clients that I'm doing it, it actually helps activate their social safety system because there is mirror neuron activation. Meaning if you did the big three plus one and I was just watching you, I'd be like, oh, Dylan looks yeah. relaxed, like she looks sociable. I want to connect with her. It feels mm-hmm. good to watch someone else do the big three plus one. So it's mm-hmm. actually really connecting. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas I'm sure if you see someone who seems more like tense, like their shoulders are up, like it kind of makes you feel that same way. Like yes, and I don't wrong. Know. <laughs> yes, I've let I've led so many meal supports, and I wish I knew this back then. Yeah. Because I would for sure be asking clients now, like, okay, let's sit down to a table. Let's all do the big three plus one a few times and then go yeah. into the meal. Gosh, I feel like all of this, everything that you're talking about now adding to my list of things, I'm like, why did we not learn this in school? <laughs> As dietitians, like, this is so helpful. Like, why did I learn about all these chemistry things in school? Like, what in the world? <laughs> Exactly. Oh, it's funny. So then kind of even on that note as dietitians, like how, and I know you just, or you have a program launching soon, like how can you see this like idea of RODBT helping dietitians and therapists and other clinicians in their work with clients? In so many ways. Are you asking like how, as a dietitian, how I apply RO, which will then help them? Or do you mean something else? Yes, that. So like how you as a dietitian, that way for other dietitians listening who may be thinking like, okay, how does this help? Like, how does she apply this? Even you kind of just gave the example of like the big three plus one, how you do that in sessions. But, but yeah, how like us as dietitians, how this can help basically us better serve our clients fit in that mold. So many ways. One, you can see, and you have a drink to yourself, which mm-hmm. is so perfect. So <laughs> I would encourage, and it's a part of the treatment structure, is uh-huh. to have an open cup next to you because mm-hmm. typically we drink from open cups with our friends. And so yeah. it's, it's a signal of like friendship. It can be for some people. Mm-hmm. And it's super helpful when I'm in session and I can tell the session is getting kind of intense yeah. and maybe the client is either starting to disengage or maybe they don't like what I just said. So what's important is to then as a dietitian, grab your cup, break eye contact for a second, take a mm-hmm. sip, look back at them because it gives our over-controlled client who is 
high threat sensitive, meaning they perceive things in the world as threatening at a lower yeah. level. It gives them the sense to like, take a deep breath. Okay. Kayla's not looking at me for a second. Let me regulate what myself, and then I'll try and get back into the conversation. So that's yeah. been very helpful as a dietitian to use the cup, use the drink during mm-hmm. sessions. That's so good. It's kind of even feels like a deep breath during a session of like, okay, I know I just said a lot and I can tell you're kind of processing everything. Like let's pause. Cause I even know, I mean, I think sometimes when I have those moments in sessions where I can tell a client is kind of like overwhelmed or there's a lot going on from what I just described. Like it's easy. Like we talked about in the beginning to want to kind of shift to like, okay, how do we fix it? What solution do we provide? Like, which I feel like that probably is like the last thing that you should do in this situation. But that's such a good point. And that's what in RO, we call those alliance ruptures. When you have a client who's super engaged in your session, and then all of a sudden it shifts in the room and you can feel it. And you're like, Ooh, something just happened. The client's no longer engaged. They're disengaged in whatever way that that looks like. There's an alliance rupture protocol from RODBT, which has been super helpful for me to actually go through with my client to repair the rupture. And what's nice is that from an RO perspective, we see ruptures in your relationship with your client as really healthy, important things to have. Mm, Yeah. If you do lean over control, you probably can resonate that if there's a conflict in your personal life or professional life or with your therapist or dietitian, usually the solution is to get the hell out. I don't want to go towards the discomfort. I don't want to like try to fix this conflict. I want to run away, like abandon the solution. So for dietitians, Keeping that in mind that I think RO could really help you if you want to prevent treatment dropout, if you Mm -hmm. want to kind of learn how to have ruptures in your relationships with the client and be able to successfully repair them because Mm -hmm. we're teaching our clients like, hey, it's okay to have conflict and we can come back and repair it and actually be closer to each other at the end. That's such a good point because I feel like it's very common in the eating disorder field for clients to hop from provider to provider. And I think a lot of it's the same, you know, they hear something they don't want to hear, they hop to someone else. But what you're saying is there's a lot that can be done to kind of help repair, navigate that conflict together that would, like you said, prevent a lot of that, like dropout or, you know, And I mean, I think that probably helps the client so much more too, because they're not having to start back from ground zero with a new dietitian every six months. Like they're able to really deeply develop this relationship with their provider. Yes. And it teaches them that conflict can be intimacy enhancing, which is so important for them to learn. That's so good. So tell me a little more about, I know we've mentioned your program a little bit. Tell me a little more about that and even just where people can find you, but tell me a little more about your RODBT program. Yes. So we, as in Dr. Lynch, who is the developer of RODBT, I've partnered with him and we are creating a digital course specifically for dietitians 
to be able to implement. Yeah, I'm so excited to be able to implement RODBT strategies into your session. That's going to help you, especially if you have an over-controlled temperament, but also Mm -hmm. your client who, like I said, most, I mean, most folks with eating disorders lean over-controlled. So Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be amazing for dietitians to learn the ins and outs of RODBT, but also in a very practical way. I'm not going to be going very heavy into the theory and stuff. So you can find us on ro for rd.com. So the digital course is going to be actually on the RODBT official website, Dr. Lynch's awesome. website, but ro for rd.com. You can connect with me. You can learn more about the digital course and yeah. That's awesome. That's so good. So one last question, which is very much switching gears. But one thing I love to ask all of our guests is what your favorite food memory is, just because I think, you know, in the work we do in the eating disorder field and helping people walk away from diets, we see, I know I so often see people kind of lose that like positive relationship with food and fun memories and experiences. So I love hearing from people what a favorite food memory that you have is. Oh, I love this question. So I would have to say growing up, I my grandma, Yoko, she's Japanese and she started living with us when I was in high school. And mm-hmm. so I really, any memory, food memory with my whole family coming together, I have four other siblings, myself, mm-hmm. my parents, my grandma, and some neighbors coming together yeah. to eat Japanese food. I mean, that just mm-hmm. is, it like warms my heart even thinking about it and having my mom be cooking and then yeah. helping her with it. Yakisoba to this day is still my favorite food. So uh, it's very connecting to, not just with my family, but anytime we had guests over, we usually ask them yeah. like, uh, do you like Japanese food? And they're, <laughs> And then that would be what we would serve them. Yes. I love that. That's so good. Well, thanks so much for taking time for this conversation. I know I said this before we even hit record that I knew I was going to learn a lot and I feel like I did. (laughs) And I'm very excited for this course that you're doing, because like I also said, this is something that I know for myself and I'm sure a lot of dietitians would agree. We don't have a lot of training in, so it's very needed. So I'm excited for, yeah, for the course to come out. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode. Are you ready to master your mindset and take your health habits to the next level? We created our free method shop with those goals in mind. In our shop, you'll find our Freedom Journal and Elevate Affirmation Cards. Our Freedom Journal is a mindset and gratitude journal that will be the perfect addition to your health and wellness journey. Complete with journal prompts and reflection questions, this journal will help you turn your goals into lasting habits. Each journal page is broken into five sections, affirmations, gratitudes, 
what you're learning, what you need to let go of, and what you need to hold on to. The perfect addition to our Freedom Journal are our Elevate Affirmation Cards. These affirmation cards come with 31 mantras, prompts, and encouragements to elevate your relationship with food and body. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash store to order yours today.